0: You have questions, I have answers. On today's Locked On Predators, we are doing a Friday mailbag episode. We are gonna talk about the topics you are most interested in, from line combinations to Phil Tomasino, goalies aplenty to the movie my sister most wants you to watch. We're gonna cover it all on today's Locked On Predators. Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked on Predators, and thank you for making us your first listen of the day. I am Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer at OnTheForeCheck.com, and I am usually joined by my partner in crime, Nick Morgan, but Nick is off on a well-deserved vacation. But today I am not exactly flying solo because you, the listeners, have come up with some questions and topics that you want discussed, and that's what we're tackling today. 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 is a mailbag episode. Put out a tweet and asked for your questions, things you were wondering about, about the Nashville Predators, about the NHL, about life in general, and your responses are forming today's episode. So we've got lots of great questions. Hopefully I've got some good answers and we're going to just start diving right in. So the first question comes from J.W. Hood, and I think this is a question on a number of people's minds, so thank you for giving voice to this. He says, if there are no more changes to the Predators lineup, who else should be on the second line, assuming it's Joey and Nino on the second line? Again, great question. And I think, you know, it's a very safe bet that the Predators' second line is probably going to be Ryan Johansson and Nino Niederreiter. Um, Johansson at times was bumped up to the first line, but I think if there are no more changes to the Predators' roster, I think you'll see Forsberg, Granlin, and Duchesne together on that top line, which leaves Ryan Johansson and new Predator Nino Nita Rider. But who is going to jump in that second line? third spot with Joey and Nino I think this is a question with two potential answers but I'm gonna tell you who I think should get the spot the two options I really think you're looking at for a second line uh, person with Joey and Nino are Phil Tomasino or Tanner Geno. but my opinion I think Phil Tomasino is gonna get an opportunity on that second line So, Phil Tomasino, just coming off of his first season in the NHL, he played 76 games. He had 11 goals, 21 assists for 32 points. Um, It was an interesting first season for Tomasino. There were some games where John Hines had him as a healthy scratch kind of easing him in to the NHL time, which is something that the Predators, I think, do. And while it can be frustrating as a fan, I think that it generally serves the Predators well. Phil Tomasino, look, he is only 20 years old, which is really... Um, really young for this kind of uh, responsibility and, you know, one season under his belt. But I do think that Tomasino may be ready to hop up to that second line, especially at the beginning of the season, just to see what he can do. Last season, his average time on ice was about 11 and a half minutes. He spent most of the time on the fourth line. Every so often, he would get bumped up to uh, the second line for a little bit here and there towards the end of the season. Um, But when you look at Phil Tomasino's season last year, I think that you can look at where he was to begin with and where he finished, and you can definitely see improvement in a number of areas of his game. I think you can tell that Tomasino definitely caught up to the pace of an NHL game. You know, he's not necessarily the most physical player on the Predators team. And physicality is something that the Predators really are looking for as far as an identity of play. I'm not sure you're going to say that Tomasino is uh, nearly as physical as Tanner Genoa is. But I do think that you can look at Tomasino's game and you can say that by the end of the season, this is somebody who was more open to engaging physically, somebody who was better at maintaining puck possession under pressure, somebody who was more mindful defensively as the season went on. Just This is a young player with a tremendous amount of potential, and to be honest, as I look ahead towards training camp. He is probably one of the top two or three players that I am most excited to really study and watch in training camp. I think when you look at Tomasino and Tanner Janot, you have two great options. I would lean more towards Phil Tomasino because when you have Ryan Johansson and Nino Niederreiter together, you really have that element of physicality covered on that line. You know, Johansson and Nita Ryder, they play a very similar style of hockey. It's just saucy hockey, as I like to call it. You know, they're a little bit chippy. They play with a little bit of swagger, a little bit of attitude, a lot of physicality. And so I think that there is some grace on that second line for a player like Phil Tomasino who may not be as much of a uh, physically dominant player. But when you've got Johansson and Nita Niederreiter there kind of covering that, I think it's a good opportunity for Tomasino to step in and kind of get his feet under him with some more NHL minutes. And I do think that You know, Tomasino has a good read of the game. I think that he can read the game and play the game at the pace that Ryan Johansson does. And, you know, I think we saw some of that sometimes last season. So I feel really encouraged about his ability. Now I will say this, Tanner Janot has earned more than what we classically think of as bottom six minutes. Tanner Janot is an incredible forward. He you know, was in Calder talks for a lot of last season. He was very productive offensively. I don't think anybody can question his contributions as far as the identity um, and style of play. But there is something about that herd line that you almost hate to mess with. This is an identity line. They have great chemistry. They provide outrageously great depth scoring. And while they're, you know, kind of that quote unquote bottom six line, they really are such a force for the Nashville Predators. You almost don't want to mess with that. So for that reason, there's a part of me that really sort of leans toward, let's give Phil Tomasino those second line minutes with Johansson and Nita Ryder and see what he can do. And let's leave Tanner Janot with Trennan and Sissons and just keep that herd magic going. That's where I think the second line is going to sort out. And again, this is all barring no more roster changes, which with the Nashville Predators and David Poyle, I'm thinking maybe he's done. You know, a lot of other things have been sort of settled. Um, But, you know, you just... Let's face it, we just never know with David Poyle. So we're going to keep our eye on that. But that is my guess. I think we're going to see Tomasino up on that second line. So coming up, we're going to tackle some questions that our counterparts at other Locked On shows have asked us. They're curious about what the Nashville Predators are going to do. We're going to talk about their questions in just a minute. But first, want to let you know that this episode's brought to you by our great friends at Built Bar. And look, if you have not tried Built Bar Puffs, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest snacks. And guess what? There is a new flavor that shouldn't surprise you. That's what Built Bar does. They have created an outrageously great flavor. I can tell you this because I have consumed a number of them. They have created cookie dough chunk puffs. That's right, cookie dough covered in chocolate and it's healthy. So cookie dough chunk puffs have a light, chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks. And of course they are covered in 100% real chocolate. It is all the joy of eating cookie dough, but you didn't have to make the cookie dough and it is healthy for you. Cookie dough chunk puffs only have about 160 calories and they are packed with a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. Run to built.com, you wanna snag a box For you and the family, it will be the perfect healthy treat. Or if you want to, I won't judge, find a hiding place in your house, stow them away, tell no one. I wouldn't blame you. What's great about Built is that all of their bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and it provides tons of health benefits. So you can eat something that tastes good and it's good for you. You are going to love the new cookie dough chunk puff. Whether you need a snack for your workout, a late night treat, or you just need something to eat on the go, Built is the perfect protein bar and they taste better than a candy bar. You're gonna wanna ditch the calories, the fat, the sugar. Grab yourself a Built bar. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you can get 15% off your order. That is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. So one of our good friends at Locked on Blue Jackets that you just met in a couple episodes ago, Jay Foster, Uh, Jay joined me to talk about the goalies in the Central Division. After that conversation, Jay had a question for me about the Nashville Predators. And his question is one that I think is on the mind of a number of Nashville Predators fans as well. Who should back up UC Soros this season? Interesting question, considering right now the Nashville Predators have goalies out the yin yang, which is not actually the official term, but we have goalies aplenty. You know, this is a question that I don't know that anybody would have asked at the end of last year. I felt like it was pretty obvious the trajectory that the goaltending was going for the Nashville Predators. Connor Ingram really seemed like um, sort of the heir apparent for that backup spot. And then all of a sudden, July 14th rolls around and the Nashville Predators announced that they have picked up Kevin Lankinen. They signed him to a one year deal worth 1.25 or 1.5 million uh, from the Chicago Blackhawks. And all of a sudden, everybody uh, was sort of looking at each other like, what what is going on here? Wasn't Connor Ingram the obvious choice? Hasn't this all been settled? You know, the Predators still have Cooley and now Yaroslav Askarov is here. So it seemed very obvious that you would have Askarov and Cooley in Milwaukee. You would have Ingram and Soros in Nashville. But then all of a sudden you have Lankinen. And so I'll be honest, my initial reaction was, oh my gosh, are the Nashville Predators looking to use Connor Ingram or heaven forbid Askarov as some sort of piece in a giant trade deal? That has not happened. So now what we're looking at is goalies and trying to figure out who's going to go where. So Another issue that kind of complicates that situation right now is that the Nashville Predators don't have an ECHL affiliate right now. The Florida Everblades were um, with the Nashville Predators last season, that partnership is no longer together and the Predators don't have an ECHL affiliate at this time. So you have five goalies for typically four spots with AHL and NHL spots. Gonna be very interesting to see what they do. Kind of wondered about this and signing, um, and so I kind of spent some time looking into that. Uh, like Kevin Lankinen, you know, relatively young goaltender. This is his second season in the NHL. This past season, he started 29 games for the Blackhawks. 8-15 and six 3.5 goals against average, 891 save percentage. So you look at the statistics and you're like, really, like. One and a half million. Okay. Now, go back to his rookie season with Chicago, and you're looking at some better statistics in 2020, 2021. He went 17, 14, and five. He had a 909 save percentage. Interestingly enough, he was third in saves in the league with almost 1,100 saves. He faced the third most shots against. And this is somebody who is in net. You know, behind a team and, you know, I say this with love, but the Chicago Blackhawks, meh, not so great. So I think part of, you know, the initial resistance to the signing was looking at his statistics. But I went ahead and, look, there's not a lot of hockey on. I'm kind of in, you know, you're in that hockey drought. So I pulled up the 2019 IIHF World Championship game against Russia, where Kevin Lankinen was in net for Finland and watched some of that. And really, you see really solid goaltending. You know, he was facing a team that had Malkin, Ovechkin, Kuznetsov, Kaprizov. You know, and he really stood very strong in that. So I was really much more impressed as I looked at that performance in, as compared to looking at his statistics when he was with the Blackhawks. What are the Predators going to do now? Um, great question. I think you will probably, obviously, Soros is going to get the start. I think you're going to see Soros starting a lot of games again, Perhaps not as many as last season, because I think that you're going to have Kevin in backing him up. Which is interesting, because then what you have is Ingram and Askarov and Cooley in Milwaukee. Devin Cooley did, he had a rough start last season for the Admirals, but really came through strong by the end of the season. And, and his turnaround was a part of the turnaround for the whole team. So I'm not sure how that's going to sort out. It will be interesting to see if the Nashville Predators pick up an ECHL affiliate. If they do that, who's going to go there? I think it's a safe bet that you're going to see Askarov in Milwaukee. If Lankinen is here in Nashville, Ingram is going to be in Milwaukee. But it kind of is a rough deal for Cooley, who they just re-signed as well. So five goaltenders, four spots. God love them all. It's a little bit of a mess, but when it comes down to who is going to back up UC Soros, I really do think for the next year, it is going to be Lankanen. That's what I'm anticipating happening. So got questions from another one of our Locked On friends, J.D. Young, who is the host of Locked On Sharks we're going to see what he wanted to know about the Predators. Uh, JD asked, who are you expecting to make the biggest jump this season? Great question. Two ways to look at it. You can look at it as uh, who struggled the most last year and is going to snap out of it this season. You can also look at it as who is going to take their game to the next level. I'm going to answer that question for both of those scenarios. As far as who struggled last year and will snap out of it this season, I think the person I am most expecting to kind of snap out of their hockey funk from last season is, of course, Ellie Tolvanen. And let's face it, Ellie Tolvanen really has nowhere to go but up. Um, I expect that we'll see him on the fourth line to start. He really had, oh gosh, he had a rough, rough season Um, last season. He was on the second line a lot of times with Johansson and Luke Cunnan. Tolvanen played 75 games. He had 11 goals, 12 assists, 23 points. He did get healthy scratched at times, which I thought was really interesting because Luke Cunnan, who also struggled offensively, was not ever healthy scratched. So it was really interesting to watch the dynamics because you had a second line that was struggling and you had Ellie Tolbin and healthy scratched and Luke Cunnan on that second line, who was never healthy scratched. I think the second line, you know, Luke Cunnan is gone now. Um, and I think you're going to see Tolvanen start out on the fourth line, but I think there's a lot of potential on that fourth line, and we're going to get to why I think that in just a second. But one thing I do want to say, I would love to see Ellie Tolvanen obviously have a better offensive season. Um, He was really responsible, I think, defensively. I think he played a very physical game. I think so many things about his game were on target for the Predators except offensive production. I would love to see him obviously turn that around. I would also really love to see him shine on that second power play unit. You know, we know Tolvanen has that amazing shot. And the second power play unit could definitely use a boost. I think if we can get Ellie Tolvanen going there, that's going to go a long way, not just for the team, but also for his game. And another key to that second power play success may come through the player who I think is going to take their game to the next level. And that is a young Mr. Cody glass. Uh, And that was another question. I heard that more than once, you know, what are we going to expect to see from Cody glass after his season in Milwaukee? You know, I think fans were a little bit disappointed early last season when Cody Glass kind of struggled. He went down to Milwaukee and absolutely lit it up in Milwaukee. He was the top point scorer, 66 games. He had 14 goals, 48 assists. Absolutely really solidified his game in Milwaukee. Got his feet underneath him. And look, I don't think you can underestimate especially for these young players. You know, this trade to the Predators from Vegas came out of nowhere for Cody Glass. You know, he's coming off of some injuries as well. And I think the time in Milwaukee is going to serve him very well as he comes back to Nashville. I anticipate that we're going to see him uh, centering in that fourth line. If you can get Cody Glass kind of chawing along on that fourth line, if you have Ellie Tolvanen on that line, You know, those two could really help each other improve dramatically this season. And I would love to see that happen. You know, I think that Cody Glass could really be one of those uh, more peripheral impact players. I don't think that we're going to see him come out and post Forsberg or Duchesne numbers. But I think that you could really see him be a depth impact player. Similar in some ways to how Tanner Janot was. Not that their game is similar, but their impact, I think, could be very similar. I am so excited to see what Cody Glass can do. I think sometimes in sports, especially with young players, we forget that there is uh, such a thing as a valuable slow burn when it comes to some players. And, and that can be, you know, As good for them as them coming out in in their rookie season and just lighting it up. And I think Cody Glass could be one of those players who that slow burn last season really may launch him into a very successful season coming up. Also, I do, again, think we're going to see a lot more from Phil Tomasino. I think that there's potential to see growth in his game as well. Excited to watch him J.D. also had another question that I think may have been dropped with a little bit of sarcasm font, but we're going to address it anyway. J.D. wanted to know, how does it feel to get a third round pick for a bottom six player? J.D. is, of course, referring to the trade of Luke Cunnin to San Jose in exchange for John Leonard and a third round pick in the 2023 draft. I'm going to be real honest with you, J.D., it actually feels pretty good. But there is a caveat. There is a caveat for Nashville Predators fans. Um, Of course, we know Luke Cunnan really struggled last season. He did play all 82 games. He was the only Predator to play every game, but he only had 13 goals, 9 assists for 22 points. Luke Cunnan just did not click in a top six role. And again, didn't help that on that same line, Ellie Tolvanen was struggling. But I think what's really interesting Something that Nashville Predators fans unfortunately have sort of built into the back of their minds and the pit of their stomach is that anytime we see a forward who has struggled here in Nashville and we trade them away, There is a part of a Nashville Predator fan who has this worry that they're going to see a player who struggled here go somewhere else and flourish outrageously. And so rest assured, JD, there will be Predators fans keeping one eye on Luke Cunnan in San Jose. You know, we saw this. The prime example is Kevin Fiala, you know, Struggled some here in Nashville, went to Minnesota, and all of a sudden, you know, really sort of lit it up there. Uh, so, you know, while we're very excited about it, while I think it was the right move for the Predators, um, and while I think a third round twenty twenty three draft pick is definitely a great thing to keep in our pocket. Uh, It's going to be a good draft. That's, you know, a third round pick is going to be, you know, there's a lot of good players that are going to be available in the third round. And, you know, who knows, that may be a piece that if the Predators do decide to do a trade, that could be a pick that is included in a trade. Anyway, it's going to be valuable to us. So it does feel pretty good, but we're not going to breathe easy until we see how Luke Cunnan does there. So, We feel good about it, JD, and we appreciate it. And it was great doing business with you. Coming up, JD does have one more question that actually is pretty important, not just for me, but also for my family. Um, But first, I just want to thank you again for making Locked on Predators your first listen every day. Coming up next week, I will be back with all of the latest NHL and Nashville Predators news. Plus, next week, we are going to take a deep dive into the world of officiating. I'm going to be talking with special guest Keith Grooms about what it is like to be a hockey official, why sports, not just hockey, but other sports are really seeing a need for more officials and what can be done to address the shortage. All that's going to be coming up next week on Locked on Predators. So be sure to tune in. So JD had one more question that he posted to me Um And I think that this is a very valid question. JD writes, have you been told that you are hosting the entire locked on NHL crew for the draft next year? So the rumor is that Nashville is in talks to host the NHL draft next year. Is this going to happen? We don't know officially, but let's be real. It would be amazing. Um, If you watched the NFL draft that was hosted here in Nashville, it was Incredible. It was a whole event, a whole experience, despite the fact that the bachelor at party people cried a little bit, whatever. Um, and it would be great to bring the NHL draft here. Of course, the NHL draft would be a little bit smaller in scale, but I think that the enthusiasm and the energy would be amazing. Nashville is a great um sports and destination city i think it would bring a lot of interest a lot of fans and i think it would be so fun here is the question Uh, Does Nashville have enough hotels to host the draft? So Nashville's hotel capacity is a factor in some of the events that are and are not brought into town. And it's something that Nashville, a growing city, is addressing. In 2021, there were 11 hotels opened with just over 1,700 rooms. And this year, 2022, the plan is to open 12 more hotels with almost 2,100 more rooms. So They are building the infrastructure for things like accommodations, for hotels, for events like the draft. But that is what the NHL is looking into. Can Nashville accommodate the influx of people for the draft? Hopefully they can. And I think that it would be, I think it would be amazing if the draft was here. When the draft, uh, this past draft was held in, Montreal, the Locked On Canadians hosts, uh, were credentialed and were kind of our contact people for the draft. So Nick and I are secretly pulling for Nashville, Nashville, Nashville. And if that happens, JD and our Locked On family, you would all be welcome here. I would, of course, need to start probably now baking cookies and freezing them for you all. But I think it would be incredible if the Nashville Predators uh, in the city of Nashville got to host the NHL draft. So we're going to keep our eye on that. We're going to hope and uh, pray that Nashville has done enough to bring in yet again, you know, another really cool event. I think they would do a phenomenal job just sort of turning it into um, an event. So here's hoping. And, you know, if, jd and jay and all of our other locked on friends want to come y'all come on we'll go out for some good barbecue we'll take you out for some biscuits we'll get some pie we'll we'll do all of the food things if you're listening and you know the best barbecue place i am open to recommendations for hosting the entire locked on crew so let me know where the best barbecue place is all right so i did open this up to any question. And unfortunately, my sister did reply and I thought I would throw this question in. It is a non-hockey question. My sister Lisa writes, why has Harold and Maude remained obscure when it is a tremendous film? Y'all, I'm going to tell you one of the family secrets. Uh, My sister Lisa uh, older sister. I'm the youngest of three girls. She came home from college many, many years ago and said, I've got this great movie. This movie, y'all have to watch this movie. It's one of the best movies I've ever seen. And I remember that my uncle, Buss, and Aunt Joanne were visiting. And so we all sat down and we watched a movie called Harold and Maude. Have y'all heard of this movie? Okay. It was made in 1971. It's a movie. It's kind of a dark comedy. And oh my gosh, I just, there aren't words, but I'm going to try. So this movie is about two people, Harold and Maude, as logic would have it. Harold is this rich young man. He's obsessed with death. He fakes his own death over and over again. He drives a hearse. He randomly shows up at strangers' funerals. Like He's just weird. Um, And at one of these funerals, he meets um, a woman, Maude, who's in her late 70s. And she's kind of this like weird and wacky, quirky, individualist woman who just embraces life in all these weird and interesting ways. And so Harold and Maude form this friendship that eventually becomes a romance, which is in fact where the wheels come off the bus. Um, And there's a whole bizarre ending, I'm not even going to explain it to you because you You just, you don't need that necessarily in your life. So we all sat down and watched this movie and the movie ended. And literally we were all like, what just happened? And of course my sweet Aunt Joanne never says an unkind word to anybody. And she was so kind and so sweet. And she really tried to say nice things about this movie. But it has become a family joke that Lisa loves this film. It's one of her favorite films. And I just can't. I mean, he's young and she, and it's, I don't even, I can't even say. So my sister's not in her 70s, but she is somebody who embraces life. She's very interesting. She marches kind of to the beat of her own drum. And so I will say that that is cool to watch. And if Harold and Maude has inspired her, that's great. Um, I'm going to have to keep an eye on her when it's her 80th birthday. If you watch the film, you'll know why. Um, I do think it's interesting, though, just as an aside, that this uh, sister who was inspired to embrace life from Harold and Maude was not willing to buy the matching foam 10-gallon hats that the Nashville Predators sell. It's like the greatest merchandising invention ever. She wasn't willing to do that, but, you know, what can you do? So Harold and Maude, why is it not recognized and why is it still obscure because it's weird Lisa it's just weird y'all I would love to know if any of y'all have seen this movie Harold and Maude Um, or you know do you have some weird obscure film or book or belief that your family just cannot possibly understand is this like me trying to explain over and over again Matt Duchesne's greatness to my husband bless his heart we all have our things so look that's going to do it for today's mailbag episode of locked on predators so if you have a question about the predators about the nhl or obscure movies that your family is embarrassed that you like, hey, let us know. Reach out to the podcast. You can find the podcast on Twitter at LO underscore Predators. You can find us on all podcasting platforms. And of course, we are on YouTube. Drop us a comment. Let us know your thoughts on the questions that we tackled today. You can find my work at OnTheForeCheck.com. And of course, you can find me on Twitter at Ann K underscore Mama on Ice. And again, you can find the podcast on Twitter at LO underscore Predators. We'd love to hear from you. I will be back next week with all new episodes. Hope that you all have a fantastic Friday and a great weekend. Look forward to seeing you later.